0: All right, welcome everybody. It's great to see all of your shining faces, uh, both in-person and static uh, faces uh, as, your, as your backgrounds. Uh, <laughs> my name is Angela Pancella. I'm here uh, on behalf of the U2 conference, uh, here with uh, Garden Tart Hillary and Garden Tart Jenny. Um, as their names imply, this is our Garden Tart podcast session. Which means that if you are here, be be well aware that this is going to become a Garden Tart podcast. So the video and audio is being put to use both in YouTube conference land and in podcast land. So uh, you are you are all about to be famous. Hillary, almost, yes, almost famous. Yes. Almost famous. Yes, <laughs>
1: <Famous-ish.
0: laughs> We try. We try. Uh, Hillary and Jenny. They have been bestest friends for almost 30 years. Their favorite holiday. thing to do, <laughs> their, yeah, as a matter of fact, I wonder if something about that 30-year time span has something to do with the subject at hand, but that is okay. that, that remains to be seen. Let's not get ahead of ourselves. Their favorite thing to do is to talk YouTube. So they decided to start a podcast, Kissing Lips and Breaking Hearts with the Garden Tarts. You can hang out with them weekly as they talk about albums, tours, and various U2-related adventures, among other things. We're so glad to have them live today for the U2 conference. Take it away.
2: Thank you,
3: Angela. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for being here to help us along.
2: Hey, everyone. Hey, Jenny. Hey, Hillary. Fancy seeing you here. I know. What are the odds? (laughs) Always. Where are you? I I like your... I'm, um,
3: I, I'm in this little place called Hansa Studio in Berlin. As am I. I oh, what a coincidence.
2: I know, there you are.
3: Our pretty little logo. Awesome, well, real quick, we'll introduce ourselves. I'm Jenny and, and Hilary. Um, Hilary, I'm in Cleveland, Ohio. Hillary's in? Hampton Roads, Virginia. Yep. Yeah. and we are so excited that you're coming to join us. More people are coming in, that's awesome. First, some little fun facts. Just so you know, for this next hour and all eternity, we embrace inclusion, irreverence, and cursing. Everything's on the table. All our episodes are marked explicit. Bring it on. (laughs) If you want to learn more about us, you can go to thegardentarts.com for more info. And you can also find our YouTube-ish podcast on your favorite podcast streaming platform and on the social medias. So come see us.
2: Yes, please. Yeah. Um, here's how this is going to work today. We have several quick fire questions and several long form questions. After each round of questions, we're going to do a shot. So it's in our best interest to get through as many questions as we can before our hour is up.
3: Yeah, and feel free to show your faces if you can, if you feel comfortable. We kind of want this to be the pub session of the conference. So come on, no matter what you're drinking, whether you got your water or our special Octum Baby Guinness or your other beverage of choice.
2: Do you have your beverage already, Jenny?
3: I got a poor one. Should we demonstrate this? Yeah. a baby Guinness is basically a shot that is mostly Kahlua topped off with Baileys. Now, if you're a trained bartender and you pour the Baileys like over a spoon, it sits really nicely on top of the Kahlua and looks like a Guinness. Um, I don't do that. <laughs> I just I do, don't do I don't know. 80-20. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I Um, have misplaced my garden tarts shot glass. So I have my I&E little cup. Oh, that's
3: smart. But I'm
2: using as my little shot glass for the night.
3: And of course, alcohol is never mandatory. We just enjoy it in the podcasting setting. So
4: you do you.
3: You do you.
2: Well, should we start? We start with our quick fire round. First one. Sure. Okay. I'll start with that while you're drinking while you're preparing your drink. Okay. Okay. In five parts, give your name, location, favorite song off of Octone Baby, least favorite song and tell us what you're drinking. Albeit water, alcohol, whatever your
3: your favorite I'm drink putting this right in now. the chat. I'm putting these five things in the chat so will have it. Also, <laughs> we should note that your least favorite song on Octum Baby may still be one of the greatest songs of all time.
2: Oh, they're all the greatest songs. You just have We're to. I pick- don't you like it. We're okay. making you pick one today.
3: Yeah. And if you don't want to say it, that's fine. Do you want to go first, Hillary?
2: I can go first.
3: Okay. We'll go um, first and then they can follow.
2: Okay. So. I'm Hillary, like I said, I'm in Hampton Roads, Virginia. My favorite song is The Fly, and my least favorite song is even better than The Real Thing. Is that a shock to you, Jenny? No. No. That's, I mean, I might've
3: thought you said something else, but it's
2: 50-50. Yeah, and um, I'm drinking a baby, an oxong baby Guinness shot.
3: See, mine's all blended little ruby
2: mine, mine's splendid too
3: <laughs> so i'll go and then y'all just chime in and whoever's screen lights up is who's talking okay i'm jenny i'm in cleveland ohio my favorite song on octum baby today is so cool and my least favorite song today and most days is mysterious ways and i'm also drinking an octum baby guinness Mart, you're not gonna talk are you at work <laughs> Mart is from Dublin, Acrobat's his favorite, one is his least favorite, and all the pints he is drinking.
2: So Gerda, your favorite is so, so cruel and your favorite is the fly?
3: That's my guess.
2: Yeah, Mart- it works for everybody. And she's I'm drinking cola.
3: Cola, perfect.
5: Anyone else want to chime in? Um, my name is Megan Click. I'm from Sioux City, Iowa. Uh, My favorite song is Acrobat. My least favorite is Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses and I'm drinking cold brew coffee. Sweet. Sweet. Nice to meet you, Megan. Yeah,
6: nice to meet you.
5: Yeah, I've followed you guys for probably about a year now. It's really been fun listening to you.
2: (laughs) Oh, thank you. Thank you, you, Megan.
1: Anyone else? Hello, ladies. Hey, Hi, Sherry. Sherry. I'm Sherry. I'm from uh, originally the Boston area. Now I'm outside of Philly. My favorite is the fly. My least favorite is one. I'm drinking out of one of your cups. Some drive. I'm somebody doesn't need a driver tonight. So cheers to everybody. Thank cheers. you. Sherry hosted our session last year, which we are very grateful for. Well, thank you. You guys were awesome. So thanks again for coming on
0: again.
4: Thank, thank you. you. Hey,
0: I'm Natalie. Natalie ready?
7: Yeah. Hi, Natalie. I'm Natalie. Hi. Um, Hi. I'm outside of Toledo, Ohio. Ohio! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, what were the questions? Oh, I, my favorite song is Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses? Uh, least favorite is So Cruel and I'm Not Drinking Anything. But I will be. Yay! I
3: have
2: to go downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair. Very nice to meet you. Yes.
7: Hey, Jennifer. Hi, hey, Jennifer. Hey, everybody. I'm uh, Jennifer, go by Jen, and I'm in Northern Virginia. Yay! Woo! Virginia. <laughs> Although, boo! After November. I know. Oh, no, boo. Ver- so, I mean, not boo, but we're so pretty and blue, and now we're. Fred and just, yeah, I don't know. I'm kind of in denial.
2: I am too. But you know what? Northern Virginia and Hampton Roads held their own.
7: Yeah, we do live in a little bubble here. And sometimes yeah. I get out of the bubble and I'm like, ooh, ooh, can
2: I get right. back in my bubble? Agreed, <laughs> agreed. I'm in the little bubble too.
7: Yeah, I've got a good friend of Virginia Beach, so I'm down your way sometimes. Yeah. Um, well, hit me up they, sometime and we'll get a, we'll get a drink. Oh, that would be amazing that would be awesome yes I started listening to your podcast um a couple months ago right and I um was frantically uh pruning things in the garden. oh it was just like a (laughs) great just kind of a great memory so whenever I'm pruning things now I put the podcast on so I don't know what that means but there it is I know um
2: in the garden you're playing the tart
7: right right it works i know all by myself um so i gotta go with acrobat for the favorite um there's just so much there and it's an emotional roller coaster and least favorite i don't know love is blindness when i'm not in the mood for it it's just kind of like fingernails on the chalkboard when i am in the mood for it mm, love is blindness yeah fair right fair, yeah. yeah and I'm drinking hot apple cider. Yay. Ooh, lovely seasonal, seasonal beverage. Yeah. Nice. Thanks for hosting us. Yes.
2: Thanks for joining us.
3: Anyone else want to chime in?
0: No uh, obligation? I can. I, can. Uh, okay. I, I will introduce myself again because uh, I did not mention my location, Angela. I'm uh, in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, my... Most favorite, that's a really hard pick, but uh, I I have to rescue Mysterious Swayze's reputation from you. Um, And my least favorite, probably trying to throw your arms around the world. Um, And what I am drinking, I'm drinking seltzer, but more specifically, I'm drinking it out of uh, an, an experience, an innocence cup that was gifted to me by our very own Sherry Lawrence.
2: I've got one too.
0: It's got my water in it. I don't there have mine
2: is. with me, but I have this nice little
3: <laughs>
2: yeah, you gotta... cocktail cup. Oh, nice.
0: And for those just joining, uh, we are asking name, location, most favorite, least favorite song on Octum Baby, and what you're drinking. Feel free to unmute to uh, respond or leave your comments in the chat. Uh,
3: Angela, someone has raised their hand. Do we?
8: That
3: is David. David,
9: hey, David, you may speak.
8: You want to step in? There you hey, are. Hey. Hi, um. So I uh, my name is David. I am from Chappaqua, New York. Uh, happily a blue city and state. Um,
2: very blue city, huh?
8: Yeah, it is a very blue city.
2: Yeah.
8: Um, there, there's a, another Hillary, a famous Hillary.
2: That's, that's, a, that's a neighbor. Yeah.
8: Um, so, um, yeah. My favorite song. uh, oh, that's really tough. Um,
2: just gut, just whatever comes I, to your
3: gut first. Yeah.
8: Yeah. I, I, I'm i going to say the fly just because it was the, the, the song that came that uh, you know, was obviously the first single and it, it basically, you know, knocked me for a loop. Um, and so it set me on the trajectory that, you know, uh, like the band did. And uh, so, cause I was an old school U2 fan before that. And, I needed a a kick in the ass, so to speak. Uh, Least favorite would be uh, Who's Gonna Ride Your Wild Horses. It's, yeah, I'll just leave it at that. And that's it for me. Love you guys.
2: (laughs) Oh, we love you too. Love you too, David.
3: Um, Crystal just chimed in in the chat. She's from Rhode Island, but she's unpacking groceries. So she's listening in. Her favorite is Acrobat, and she's about to make a gin and tonic. Bring it on, yeah um i would also like to just mention that looks like she's remaining quiet but mary cipriani is also from northeast ohio hi, hi. <laughs> hello. hello we got a lot of ohio ones here
10: yeah um jenny and i are in the competition for who's the biggest u2 fan in cleveland so <laughs> i'm happy to grant that to you mary <laughs> and you've got
4: a pittsburger close by right here
3: yeah it's true
4: oh hey hi, hi. I mean, I I was not planning on being on camera, so I'm simply just sitting on my couch after errands all day, but I had to chime in, because I haven't met Hillary or Jenny before, so hello ladies, nice to meet you. Hi, hi. Hi. Um, Okay, so I'm from Pittsburgh. Um, On Twitter, I'm hiding in the burg, for people who might know me that way, because I don't use my my real name an awful lot. I recognize Um, your face, yeah yeah um uh, uh favorite is the fly least favorite love is blindness um and i'm drinking diet coke because i still have an evening to go and i need to stay fairly awake so yeah. i'm going to sit back and enjoy the talk but it's great seeing you guys you too
2: so aside from dublin our favorite place to see you too is pittsburgh
4: oh it's a beautiful city easy to get around great places to stay um, and a great fan base. And, and we're not we alone really well in, in Pittsburgh. Pardon? We do really well in Pittsburgh. Yeah. Those shows it's, are
2: magical. There's
3: something about that city.
4: Yeah. It's just, we've got great venues right on the water. Um, we're easy to get to. I'm a native Californian. That's where I'm from originally. And I absolutely love Pittsburgh. I just, I'm, I'm so happy here. So, um, awesome. and I live with uh, Gardener Bob, who's also my baker and my houseboy. Um, so yeah, it's really happy here. Um, enjoy Hi, the conferences. <laughs> He's somewhere behind me right now. <laughs> He's going to walk on camera in a minute. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoy the conferences. We've been to all of them that we could. The only one we didn't go to was Australia. Um, but these are great. Um, I met Angela there. Met Scott. Met so many other people there. Um, met David. David, you were the one that 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 sold me um, or gave me your bus ticket to go to the Raleigh concert. For, that first con- for the first conference. Um, so you guys are a great group. Good to be here. Thanks for being
3: great.
2: here. Yeah. There's Mart. Are you, you're not at work anymore, Mart? He's
3: on mute. He's, you're muted.
4: It's all good. Okay. How are you doing? Hey, <laughs> hey, hey. Hey, hello, hello, Mart. Nice to meet you.
11: Hey, how are you? Hey, great to be here. Um no, I'm I'm literally just through the door from work. So um I just Dublin Acrobat one Dublin points, all of them. Does that answer all the questions?
3: Sure. It does. It does. <laughs> um Avril just messaged in I actually was chatting with her earlier today. She is homesick, so she wants to that is my cat rolling a marble across the floor. I'm sorry if you hear that. Um She's just listening because she doesn't feel so great. What she says is her favorite song. Oh, man, I narrowed it down to four the other day, but I guess I'll say Acrobat. And she's also in Ireland. So
2: feel better, Abby.
3: I know you love Ohio, but we got to move on. (laughs) Does anyone else want to chime
2: in? Then it's time for us to. Okay. Cheers. Cheers.
3: Salon, if you're choosing. Okay. Long form question, but at the same time, we, we, we got a little time crunch here, right? Yeah. And this is so pertinent, as you'll understand. Is there a song on Octon Baby that has saved and or changed your life?
2: I can start that.
3: Yeah, we can start.
2: Um, I would have to say, I mean, everyone, all of them, but I really would have to say one, cause I just had this moment. I think it was the first anniversary of 9-11 and I had a new job and they had a moment of silence on the radio and I was with my new coworker. And after the moment of silence, they went into one and it just kind of shook me. Like, I felt like this is my song and my moment. Like the whole world is sharing this moment with me. And I don't know, it just kind of changed me. Like I just decided at that moment just to change. Like I chopped my hair off, I lost weight, I got new friends, I started going to the gym. It was just like a one day, just all of a sudden it just kind of hit me. And I kind of think about that when I think about one a lot of the time, It's just, just a meaningful thing. So I guess it kind of changed my life a little bit. Just that one time listening to it, it's not my favorite song, Be- beautiful but not my favorite song, but it did ha- I did have a moment with one um, in 2002. How about you, Jenny?
3: Um, well, I'm going to give two really short answers because I feel like they both, they, they can't, one of them can't be, not, be denied. Um, one is the big one because that's the song that a friend told me to listen to when the album came out. I had not owned, I heard you two on the radio, but I'd never purchased an album before, so them telling me to buy the album to listen to one was just the change the entire trajectory of my life, would not be here, would not know Hillary, none of these things. Um, but the other thing is that I went to college to be an um, um, a personal trainer, to, to be a trainer for athletes, athletic trainer, there we go. And um, I took an elective with, for creative writing. I have no idea why I did not enjoy writing. But I did this short story that used, I was very honest and open about this, no cheating, that used the lyrics to So Cruel and some of the story that I interpreted behind um, Mystery Girl to create this story with like um, some of the speaking parts were lines from So Cruel. And like my teacher went, that shit. <laughs> He's like, I don't care where you find your muse, you need to keep writing. And I did, I became an English major with a... a um, focus in creative writing. Now I'm a personal trainer, 25 years later, but, um, it completely changed my trajectory there. I had no idea. Um,
5: the song that changed my life recently actually was Acrobat. Um, I've always loved the song, don't get me wrong, but when they performed it, I remember it was during the epidemic. I mean, during the pandemic, when we were kind of stuck in our house and I was kind of really connecting to all the YouTube videos. And I remember watching the Berlin show. And at the time I had kind of gone through a really, really awful struggle spiritually. Um, I had left the Catholic church. I wasn't even sure I wanted to remain in any church. And for some reason it was almost um, cathartic. Um, I found myself deeply connected to acrobat. I just written the night before this super dark, almost nihilistic writing that I'd read my husband about how I was feeling about my faith and life in general. And I had this like, I danced like a mad woman. It was a, almost, if someone saw me and they would have thought I was crazy. I was spinning, I was whirling, I was crying. And I just remember so much release from that moment and um, singing along to acrobat Bono singing it as McPhisto, me seeing my darkness and being able to actually conceptualize it and wrestle. And I really could say that things were different after that moment. I felt so much lighter and I felt so much more at peace after letting myself really losing myself in that performance. So Acrobat is my favorite song. It kind of was before, but it is really now because of that moment.
2: That's amazing. Thank you for sharing that with us. I'm uh I've chills. That's amazing.
3: Absolutely chills. And you know, I always say the, the boys show up in the strangest ways when you least expect it and you need them the most. You don't know it till it happens. So thank you, Megan. Thank you. Yeah.
2: I could use a moment like that. I gotta I I gotta figure out how to get in that. Maybe small is it. Acrobat just a moment. Maybe I'll I'll listen to Acrobat. I'll give it a whirl when uh when we're done with this tonight. Yeah. It is a favorite of so many of ours, I've noticed. Oh, I I love it. Absolutely. And why had that as
5: favorite, even though it was never a radio single. It was hardly played live except for 2018. And yet it was on the top of so many of ours, of our list, which I find interesting a song that barely has been played live.
3: That's powerful, it's a powerful song, even just on the record, so. is hey. there,
2: anyone else? You coming, Isn't Jen? Is there a song on Atung Baby that, uh, that saved or changed
7: your life? Um, I can say something. Okay. Um, I don't know if it's gonna be as meaningful as what everybody else said. Um, but I thought, uh, I guess after college, because this came out, I was a junior in college um, and took a senior trip to Europe to visit my aunt who was living in the Netherlands. And I thought, I'll just go to Zoo Station. That's what I'll do. So got on a train and went, went to Berlin and just, again, all by myself was like, I'm in Zoo Station taking pictures. Before, I mean, before we had phones to take pictures and selfies and stuff. But then I thought I could just do this for all the U2 songs. I'll just go to all the places and take pictures and just be be in my own little happiness of being in the U2 bubble. And I guess previously I had gone to, um, we'd gone rock climbing in Joshua Tree. I'm also from California. I forget who said they were from California. And we had gone rock climbing in Joshua Tree, Tree that year that Joshua Tree was released and we, camped out under the stars and we played Joshua Tree. And I mean, I I don't really know if it means anything. It's just such a a comforting place. It's a warm place to be. And so, yeah, trying to throw my arms around the world and travel around and see things and do that.
3: My cat, um, It's totally meaningful, Jennifer. First of all, I've been the Joshua Tree. Sorry about my cat. First (laughs) of all, when they say that the national park system here in America, it was the greatest idea we ever had. I'm a national park junkie and to experience the land as it is supposed to be and to be able to sleep on it and under those skies is life-changing. And to be able to tie that to a band and music you're so passionate about, feels pretty life-changing to me. And I love that you're traveling to cities. That's amazing in places, that's so cool
7: really cool. Is is Hillary talking? She's she's talking to someone in her house.
2: (laughs) It's oh no you're muted you're okay. Okay no no okay so this is a very telling thing though that's totally off topic and I'm I hate to embarrass anyone but I am a massive fan of Jeopardy. It is so nice to meet you, Verlinda. I totally knew who you were the second you popped on the screen. Like, are you kidding me? Oh my god! Yeah, Jeopardy champ. Oh my god! <laughs> I'm freaking out right now. Like, my I am obsessed with Jeopardy, and like anyone that's been on Jeopardy at least in the past, I don't know, ten years, I know you. <laughs>
9: <laughs> well, you know what really freaks me out is here in memphis after the show had aired and i was walking to kroger a grocery store shorts a t-shirt a mask you know you wouldn't have known me and somebody that yelled across the parking lot it's a jeopardy lady i'm like how do you freaking <laughs> know that <laughs> oh my gosh like I, I you
2: know i jeopardy in my house is like the most sacred thing like that's Oh, my God. <laughs> so nice to meet you. I cannot wait to tell my parents.
5: <laughs> it's the same for me. I, I I grew up with it. And when I, I saw that a Facebook friend we've written was, I was like, wow, I'm friends with someone on Jeopardy.
2: I know, right? <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. I really can't wait to tell my parents. I'm sorry to totally take this off, but... So nice to meet you, Rolinda. Oh.
9: oh, you're muted. Thank you. I may be a Jeopardy champ, but I can't unmute. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we all got a little
3: something, something here, something there.
2: Anderson Cooper.
3: Yes, John. I, I just, I, I think we should ignore him, <laughs> 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 and I mean that with love. <laughs> I, I wasn't even sure if he was serious about the question to begin with.
0: I have, um, I have, I have an octing baby story for y'all. Okay, um, I'll get
2: back on track. I'm sorry. I had to. I had to. <laughs> this is the
3: whole point of this, though, right?
2: Right. This is what we do. We we can't stay on top it very long. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this is one of my favorite YouTube stories, uh, but I've never gotten to say it on a YouTube podcast. So I gotta say it here. I got my friend Stephanie into YouTube through Zoop TV, through Mysterious Ways. And she not only fell for YouTube, but she fell for belly dancing. So when YouTube announced their Elevation Tour, uh, she and I signed up for belly dancing lessons. And we said it was, you know, just in case Bono wants to pull you up on stage to dance for Mysterious Ways. And so just in case uh, Bono wanted to pull her up for, on stage, uh, we choreographed a routine and just in case he wanted to pull her up on stage uh, we got there super early for the chicago show she she dressed in a belly dancing outfit i had a i had a sign that said she can belly dance which she thought was overkill because she was in a belly dancing outfit <laughs> and um yeah bono decided to pull her up on stage uh, i was like this was her, has
2: to go there it was <laughs> Where it was it was
0: this? her it was in Chicago, May twelfth, two thousand one. She uh, was her very first U two show, um, and it was it was so incredible. I uh, we were on such a high afterward uh, at at work. Somebody said to me, "When you when you decide to do something, <laughs> 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 that's kind of that's kind of wild that things happen." So it was very funny because the reviewer of the show, because she She danced, and then there was a performance uh, they pulled up a guy to uh play piano for stay, which was just the most gorgeous thing oh my God. imaginable um and the reviewer the next day uh thought that they were the that that there were we were plants in the audience, you know it was just too perfect. These two performances they said they thought it was all stage, and I was like, oh yeah crystal yeah she she crystal was at that show it was an awesome show. But uh, yeah, I wanted to say to that reviewer, well, it was planned, but not by no, you. Too.
3: <laughs> you were not at that show, Hillary, were you?
2: No, I um, I, I didn't was at in Chicago for verdict, I mean for elevation.
3: I went, I was there in May earlier. Yeah. No to self learn to belly dance. You got it, eh? a. <laughs> <laughs> Crystal was at that Chicago show. Sweet.
0: Crystal
3: is the first U2 fan I ever met in person. Oh, that's fun. I love that. I can't wait till we all get together in person again.
4: Can't wait.
2: Would
3: anyone else like Um, to share?
4: Quick, quick chiming in on the Chicago uh, uh, show story. That was my third Chicago, uh, third U2 show ever. Uh, My first two had been in Montreal in May. That was the year that I um, got um, into U2. Oh, hold on, wait a minute. Chicago, we're talking 2005, right? No,
2: 2001.
4: Okay, so that, 2001 is when I got, okay, I got my years mixed up. 2001 is when I became a fan. My sister took me to the Montreal and we went to two shows. Um, I was at, um, I'll still tell my story. I went to a Chicago show in 2005 um, uh, uh, for them. I was standing in the grocery store shopping. My sister in San Francisco called me and said, do you wanna go see the U2 show in Chicago? My friend has a ticket. Southwest had just started to fly between Pittsburgh and uh, Chicago for uh, $49 uh, one way. I basically uh, dropped everything within like 48 hours, was on a plane, went to the show, stayed the night and came home the next day and worked that afternoon. And it was awesome. It was the first time I'd ever done anything like that. I've done it since then more than once. Um, I've driven to Chicago now for a show and turned right around and come back home. I've done that for New York. I've done that for, um, I think, Nashville. I did that. I met a couple of people there in Nashville. Um, So um, the things we do for our band, you know, it's um, Chicago holds a special place in my heart.
2: That's awesome. We both went to Shows in Chicago in 2005, not together. We missed each other by a show, I think. Jenny yeah.
3: and Yeah. Yeah, we like where they were back to back. No, not the same night.
10: Yeah.
2: Anyone else have a song um, from Akhtung Baby that saved or changed your life?
10: I have a, a fun story about Akhtung Baby, uh, not necessarily a, a save your life, but a, um, my fun memory of the album coming out. Um, for um, uh, for those of you who who don't know, uh, I I've, I've been uh, uh, an alumni volunteer DJ um, at my university here in Cleveland for many years. I
4: Busting.
10: I, <laughs> uh, I DJed uh, when I was in college um, back a <laughs> long time ago. And, uh, and still volunteer to this day. And so, uh, you know, when a, when a big album release comes out, you know, it, it's, there's always a competition amongst radio stations, you know, who's gonna get the exclusive, who's gonna be the first uh, to get to play that release. Um, so I had a connection who had gotten an early advanced copy for review. And a friend of a friend made a copy and slipped it to me. And I, and I'm not going to say any more details than that because <laughs> they, I'm still paranoid about them breaking their NDA, <laughs> but I got, I got the copy. I'm driving in the car back to the station and um, I'm, I'm on the phone uh, with my fellow DJ uh, uh, Sue Sendez. I'm like, Sue, I'm coming up to the station. I've got the new U2. And went up to the station and now, we we had not previewed it. I had not listened to it. We literally dropped it on the air at the you know, at the moment that I showed up with it. Well, of course, the the first song on the album being Zoo Station with all this, distortion and I thought oh my god um they've given me a, a corrupted file uh you know like like this I, I was I was thinking I had a bad version of the album because it was a copy of a copy and it was a cassette you know it wasn't all digital and 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 so we're airing it and like we're we're like staring at the, <laughs> at, at at the um the meters are pegging and we're like okay is it is it a bad record do I stop it because I've got a bad version or oh wait a minute it really is it's supposed to be distorted and and it was such a hard thing for us to figure out like am I going to keep playing this song or do I stop it (laughs) but we ended up playing the whole first side and we got to be the first station uh to to premiere the album
3: I love that Mary (laughs) I love that you did that (laughs) I did dismantle my entire stereo and speaker system. Literally, I speakers on top of bookshelves. There is obviously a bad connection somewhere. A wire had gotten loose.
10: Yeah, <laughs> like like, no joke. Like, jo- like I'm not yeah.
3: exaggerating. I was. Yeah.
10: Well, like exactly. Yeah. You're thinking, what's what's wrong with my stereo? Why is it sounding like this? Yeah. So so yeah, they they uh they uh they got me good on that one. <laughs> Nice, thanks for sharing.
2: Yeah.
3: Anyone else want to share or else we have another quickfire round? You need a shot first. Oh, we're cutting this one off. Leave us a message. Slancha. <laughs> Slancha. Achtung, baby. That's what we say. Octong, baby
2: Bebe. Okay. So our next quickfire just Quick fire, cause we got more shots to do. Um, Where were you in your life when you first heard Ah Baby? I was a senior in high school. I don't think I need to say anything else, but that's where you wanna be when a big album like that comes out.
3: I was a sophomore in high school and I was literally sitting at my desk in my bedroom waiting to do, getting ready to do homework.
0: Anyone else? (laughs) Come on, come on. Soft, <clears throat> soft, sophomore 30. in high school and uh, I was uh, listening to my brother's copy. He was a member of one of those fan clubs where you get the free pre-c- cds and then they send you stuff and he forgot to send that one back, yeah. so yeah. it be- it became mine.
4: 31 am, years old. I'm, I'm, Oop, go ahead. No, no. Go on, Eileen. I, I, mean, I, I just
11: started seen. drama school, so it, it was a great album to start drama school with. Oh, absolutely! I was
4: going to say the the year that my sister took me to my first U two concert. I was thirty one years old. She would have been twenty eight. She was a longtime fan. Um, I heard. I know that's when I heard "Octane Baby" for the first time because after we went to the shows, I went out and bought all the albums. (laughs) I was so I was so clueless as to who U two was before I met her in Montreal. She had to send. I said, "I'll go to the show with you." This is great. We'd never traveled before together. We weren't particularly close at the time. Um, I said, you have to send me a mixtape. I didn't effing know any who they were. I didn't know this song. So I'm hearing the songs and there's like, oh, okay, a lot of this stuff is familiar. Okay, I've I've heard this song before. That's theirs? That's theirs? Um, uh, Desire knocked me off my seat, was crazy. After the show is over, I asked Elise, um, I said, what was the song about the gold ring? Um, and that was All I Wanted You. I'd never heard that. Um, but getting back to Octum Baby, I mean, I went out and bought everything then. So that's, the, that's when I first heard it.
5: Very cool. I was a freshman in college. Um, Octum Baby was one of the albums. I bought them by How I Found Them, except for Pop and War, which I bought immediately after seeing Pop Mark. I picked up the rest of the albums kind of when I found them in a used music store. So I remember finding um, October Next because I found it on tape uh, for about $2. And then I think I found um, Zeropa. And then I found a, a, a $5 version of Auction Baby used. So I was a very poor freshman in college And I got the whole collection, tape or CD, based on what I could find at that time at the store. I think I got all the albums by, I think, spring of my freshman year.
3: Nice.
9: I have been married. Y'all are making me feel really old. I've been married 12 years when this came out. And it was the next step in exposing my husband, Daryl, to my favorite band. I said, just listen, and just listen. And cause he was a classical music guy. So, but he did it, he listened and um, he actually went with me to a show. So, woo.
7: Nice,
9: nice. Yeah, Jen. Um, I was
7: in my 19, uh, 19- I remember this very clearly i was in my 1992 toyota corolla driving back from work and the fly came on and i i had some kind of reaction like oh like you're shaking um is this you too is this you too that sounds like bono but that doesn't sound like you too i had to pull over because it's dangerous to drive in that situation <laughs> and got yeah. home and i was like what because I mean it's how do you and then how do you follow up with that I mean how do you hear it again if you don't have you don't have the single if you don't own the physical you know it's 1991 so and then trying to tell my boyfriend like oh this and he's like oh that's not you too that doesn't sound right because I was describing the song and you know that's where I was in my little on the side of the road listening to the fly my goodness yeah, those are
2: not safe driving
3: conditions. No, <laughs> and then not be able to follow it up with a
7: re-listen—that that, that no. feels
3: very traumatic.
7: <laughs> and I guess uh, going, going, finding the album, buying it, and whatever, and then you know, getting to the song. This is the song. I told you it was on here.
8: I, I don't know if Sherry's on on, but I think my story is the same as Sherry's—that it was 120 minutes on MTV. That there was a big premiere for the fly, and um, I stayed up. You know, basically, I, I tended to watch one twenty minutes anyway. But I think it was only one hour, the one a.m. Uh, segment. So they already played an hour, and I remember watching it and thinking that the band had got mad. Um, I definitely, you know, heard, you know, some Manchester aspect to, to it, the noise. And, you know, I, but I think visually, I think I was more struck even though than musically, just because of the stark black and white video. And, uh, but it ended up, you know, it was uh, life saving in that respect of a record. It just took a little bit of time to, to get to it.
1: I appear to have been summoned. thanks, David Yeah. Outside, <laughs> <laughs> my husband put up friggin Christmas lights. Um, but uh, um actually, my story's a little bit different because being a member of the propaganda community back in the day and I had about a hundred different pen pals on uh on the grapevine. I basically spent all of my supermarket uh uh earnings as I worked as a cashier on postage sending stuff to people all around the world and suddenly it was the middle of summer before the album came out package mysteriously arrived uh, in my mailbox uh didn't say who it was from which was weird because it had international uh stuff on it but it was the stolen tapes i actually had three cassettes of all of the stuff that had gotten stolen from the studio. I'm like, I hope these aren't originals because I didn't do it Uh, as I'm in the middle of of my little nook in uh, Connecticut, where I lived at the time. So I kind of had a little preview of what it was sounding like. I'm like, holy crap, this thing is awesome. So it it made me curious to see what was gonna end up making it onto the final record. So by that point, I was a freshman in college. The day that the album came out, I had a midterm uh, in my music appreciation class where I needed to uh, know, you know, Debussy and, and uh, uh, Ina Klein and Knock Music and all that other stuff. And all I was listening to was Octone Baby. Our, our our record store opened up the, um, uh, 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 early that morning on campus. so. I got up, I walked 30 minutes across campus, picked up the cassette because that's all I could afford. And that's all I listened to up until my midterm. So as I'm trying to decipher uh, uh, if I'm listening to debut C or not, all I'm thinking of, who's gonna ride your wild horses? Who's gonna answer Claude Debussy? And that's how I hear the lyric ever since November of 1991. It's not Deep Blue Sea, it's Debussy. But um, you know, that was just an album. I can't think of any other album other than Zouropa that I have such a vivid memory of uh, uh, knowing where I was, what I was wearing, the the scent in the air, everything. It's just one of those those uh, uh, memories that I uh, hope will never leave. So thanks, David. I
8: I, I was just gonna say that those tapes, I remember also getting those tapes um, actually at a record record show before the record actually came out. And I thought it was fascinating, but it still didn't really prepare me for, I think the record itself or for the fly because the fly was so much more produced than what was on the the AX tomb baby tapes. And um, I also remember feeling, now I I of course would geek out over pre-releases like that. But at the time I remember thinking slightly guilty listening to it and also thinking, you know, slightly dirty, I guess, like this is, you know, this isn't really, you know, assuming these are real, this isn't really the, the song. Now, of course, I, you know, wish I had those for every possible record. But, um, but yeah, th- that was my actually my first introduction to you to, to Octon Baby were those tapes, but.
3: So I know Crystal I had her hand raised, um, if you still wanna go, but I'm gonna read a comment from Avril real quick, since she is just um, chatting with us tonight. She says, I wasn't born when Octon Baby was released. So it's kind of weird. I mean, I can't pinpoint one time because I would just hear the songs from the album randomly from just my mom playing bits in the car or in the house. And then from my own curiosity, looking songs at myself online. But I couldn't say what my first experience was with the whole album. Although it was one of those things. As I found each song from the album, I needed more and more. It was like a drug. The sound was something I couldn't get enough of. I love that. I think we can, that's a sentiment I can get behind. Crystal,
11: Crystal, did
3: you wanna go? Yeah.
4: Uh, so when I first heard the fly, um, I was at work, the TV was on MTV in the background. So I just wasn't paying attention. And I heard this weird noise and I was like, well, that sounds kind of interesting. Who is that? And I watched for like, seemed like a couple of minutes before I realized it was you too. I knew they were working on something, but I didn't you know any details. And I was like, oh my God. But it was cool.
3: Cool. Thank you for sharing that. Well, we have about 10 minutes left. Is that right, Angela? Okay.
2: Okay. So, so you're, you're doing right, Jenny. a drink
3: and then move on to another quick fire.
2: Uh yeah. Let's about? make the let's make the second um, let's make the last long form question into a quick fire. Just like give us a sentence.
3: Oh yeah, but it's gotta be like. Some of
6: them are gonna be funny
3: out of context. Oh no. Yeah. Oh yes. So,
6: okay, yeah, ready? We're moving be... on to the question. If you have a drink, take a drink. Yeah. Oh drink, sorry. Such an effort. I know how much that meant to you. No, it'll be okay. Johnny, do you know you're unmuted? I I I I know, I know. Sorry about that, Darren. I want to, I'll, I'll come back to you towards the end of this and I'm just interested to see you doing your uh BB Gimses, that's because. Okay, is I see
3: what you're here for. That's the
6: best part of the night. I'll come back afterwards. Okay, thank okay. you.
3: Priorities, I get it. Okay, our last long form that we're now turning in to quick fire one, two sentences at the most. Even though we all adore Octan Baby, it seems there's some aspect that makes a lot of us uncomfortable. Do you have one? Go ahead, Hillary.
2: <laughs> I have two. I have two. Uh, one is just generally the religiousness, and I mean, I know that's a lot to say, given the you know you two, but I'm Jewish, and I don't. I have a hard time, and I'm not that religious. I have a hard time. Uh, I have a hard time getting the the religious aspect of it. That said, it's all good stories, it's all good lyrics, so I'm okay with that. My other thing is that Jenny and I have long, if you listen to us, we refer to, uh, we know each other because we have a mutual uncle. And that uncle is Bono, we say. So um, I don't wanna hear him talk about sex. (laughs) That's it. I don't want to You'll hear it. about your uncle. Do you have an uncle?
3: Would you want to hear them talk about? No, sex? no. So, I don't I... hear my uncle
2: Greg talk about sex. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to hear your uncle Greg talk about it either.
11: I don't want to hear the garden tarts talk about sex. Let's be honest.
2: <laughs> it's fine. If we don't... Fair, Mart, Fair. Yeah, that's fine. We don't talk about it much.
11: No, every episode.
2: No, every episode. Just a little exaggeration. Okay,
3: and then I'll answer mine. Mine is hands down the religion. And it's not, I mean, I'm an English major. I get the references. I get all like that. Like I love that so many of those stories can be turned into poetry and are symbolic, but digging into it, I like shut off. So like, there's been some discussions here in the YouTube conference. I'm like, oh, I should listen. Maybe I'll learn something. I like can't, like I, my brain goes, no. can't hear about the religion it's too much for me makes me uncomfortable so i went with a religious band as my life source (laughs)
2: that said obviously you know we review all the albums and talk about the religiousness in in depth but we're kind of you know fish out of water when that when we talk about it like
3: poetically not
2: yes yeah
4: anyway anyone else you're you're not a fish yeah. out of water. I'm maybe. I'm an ex-Baptist, and it makes me slightly uncomfortable. But because I grew up going to church, I learned how to ignore it really early. So I just ignore it. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty good at that.
5: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I feel like I'm actually the opposite. I struggle with the relationship aspects of opting, maybe. I can only get in there through the spiritual and religion. I've never I've had plenty of betrayal from family but I've never had a romantic relationship that I could really connect to who's gonna ride your wild horses And so when it gets too much about sex and I can't find the spiritual, I struggle with it. that's probably why it's my least favorite song.
3: see there's something for everyone I love it yeah. I love it
11: I am. Um... I struggle with the whole thing that people look at it as not four fellas playing rock and roll music and try and delve a bit deeper you know, and find meanings that aren't about guitars, bass, drums, and a vocal.
2: Absolutely, so, yeah.
6: <laughs>
2: Sometimes
4: well,
3: we forget that the... there's instruments. We're aware of that.
6: <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah.
3: <laughs>
1: We don't mean to.
9: (laughs) I guess I think all of this reminds me of how many different levels people have for the band and, you know, whether it's and, you know, I think it's Larry or somebody years ago said, oh, my God, It paraphrase. Oh, my God, it would be awful if everybody came to a show and all they did was, um, you know, and I, I. like I say it's the different the different ways you can read the lyrics, listen to the music. Yeah, you know, they're a rock and roll band, but they're this and that and that. And I'll never live down using fleshbox in our presentation earlier today, but they have one. And uh, you know, I I love the fact that they're so fully human, you know. I I, I love that. So that's my two cents worth and back on mute. <laughs> <laughs>
8: Uh, mine aren't exactly the album, but uh, the B sides. I wish they had not done the covers of "Painted Black" and "Fortunate Son." I think those are such iconoclastic songs that uh, I, I don't—I've never heard anyone actually improve or make them as good as the originals. And I think it was a mistake to do those.
3: Hey, David, did you see the new Rolling Stone article where they talk about that? Yep. Where yep. and I—I I, I was.
8: I, I wish I was really hoping that
3: Edge didn't like those either.
8: But I, I know I I, I thought exactly the same thing. I I sort of had hoped that uh, Andy Green would have asked about some of the other songs, you know, like Oberlin, uh, or, or you know, some of the other things, Salome. But maybe he did talk about Salome. But anyway, I, yeah. yeah. But I, I I just remember even yeah, when I read that article and I saw those two songs mentioned, I was like, ah. Oh, and I—it's I, not that I hate them doing covers. I love their cover of "Dancing Barefoot," but generally, I think U2 is a poor covers band, and that's my piece and Absolutely. that's my TED talk. And
2: I totally agree. I think those are the two worst covers they've ever done.
8: But that's so another
2: too. story. That's that's for yeah.
8: We'll
2: have an, we'll have another uh, discussion yeah. about that. But I agree with you, David.
3: Yeah, we're we're not fans of those either. Mm-mm. Well, we have just like three more minutes. Does anyone else want to go real quick? That's okay. Oh, wait, here's another. Oh, another thing from Avril. She said, yeah, as someone growing up in Ireland, I can say I tend to shy away from the religious side too because there's too much religion going on here as it is. Man, that's a great point about them being fully human. I like that. Matt Nathanson talked about that today in his session. That was a great session. If y'all didn't go look for the recording, it was really great. Lots of cursing. I really embraced that. I I do have a question
5: though about that. I have noticed a almost like I don't, and I know we are all divided on this, on religion. And as a believer, I've always wondered like, you two have always they've never really shied away from it. Hey, spirituality is a huge part of what we do. And so is the flesh. Um, but is the religiosity kind of a push-pull thing? Does religiosity give the band a lyrical and musical um, depth yeah. that maybe they wouldn't have without the religion, even if you aren't a believer? I'm just curious from a believer side of the point of view.
3: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's um I mean, as a singer, if if you don't believe what you're singing in, then what's the point? And- Plenty of singers can do that. Bono just can't. Yeah, Bono can't, but that's like, that's the pull. Right. Is that he fucking cares and the band they fucking care about what they're playing and what they're putting out. And I like that drew me in before I knew what any of the songs meant. I was hooked before yeah. I knew any of that stuff. So and then I just had no choice. Hillary and I like to say that we did not have a choice to be YouTube fans.
5: Not like a they'd we
3: didn't we didn't keep searching them out because, you know, I don't know, shits and kicks. It was this like gravitational pull towards their music. Sure. So that was just undeniable.
2: And I mean the pull, on my part, at least, was still fighting the religiousness of it. Like I was pushing back on that. I mean, it just because I I don't, I don't, I don't understand it. It still makes for beautiful lyrics and great stories and heartfelt, meaningful songs.
11: Is, is another thing that we all take out of the songs, what we require? So whatever Bono is putting in there, it's not for us to know why he's written it. It's for us to take out what we need. Is that not the, the whole so whether you find that a religious meaning or a sentiment or you know political view, it's not, you know, that's that's his gift to us, I suppose. Um, we can take what we want, as opposed to trying to find the meaning. That he specifically said himself when he's written it you know is yeah. that not
3: hundred percent and the band I'll says themselves now. that once they put the songs out there they're ours
2: right and also i mean how many times has bono changed what he says a song is about so i mean it's what you want it to be not what you know right I agree with that mark that was that was right on
3: awesome do we have anything else anyone wants to say or questions or anything before we have to say
6: yes sign? I, I i do i would love to say we sing um yeah jenny, johnny. hi johnny jenny jenny, jenny and Hillary um, um what a beautiful podcast you have, and thank you for that it's very thank insightful and it's very great and you. you know what it is you know and i was, I was listening to you in the last year or so and especially during covid and stuff and i sang Kelly, you had a bit of covid
2: I had COVID, yeah.
6: How are you now, darling?
2: I'm okay. I'm not 100%, um, but I'm probably like 90% back to normal. I still have some issues, um, but
6: it
2: sucks. But I'm in good health now.
6: Good, because I was listening to it, and I remember saying with your podcast and how brilliant it was that you were not just encouraging people to do shit, you know, and, and you're coming up to the elections too, Black Lives Matter was happening, you had the riots, you had all sorts of stuff, you had the Trump thing going on, and not and that anything is good or bad about any of that. But the fact was that you were sort of really putting some really interesting stuff out there to sort of say, go get shit done. And I want to thank you for that, you know, because we're over here on. The Europe side, and we're sort of looking at you, just going, like, What are you doing? So, thank you. Thank you so much. Anyway, here's what the point is here's the question. Octone baby has arrived. You end up in Ireland. You're drinking baby shorts, uh, you know, which is like, what do you call that stuff? Billies. Billies, Kalua, something. <laughs> You're getting absolutely off your tits in the bar in Ireland. And I'm thinking, why are you doing why are you doing that? Why are you doing that? Why are you absolutely doing that? Why are you sitting in the bar in Ireland going, wow, let's just get nuts? And uh, drank some baby. Why don't you just drink Guinness and champagne?
1: Guinness and champagne. Drink oh, something. we did
6: that too. We did that too. We were all Black like, like velvet. You're so fucking nuts. This is so trip. But however, I have something embarrassing to say. I know. I know. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. I'll say this very quickly. I got a press pass for you to pop in uh, Dublin, and there I am in Gray's. Uh, is it Grayson Road? Right? Grayson Road, right? Definitely. I'm right there. And Bonner walks six foot in front of me and I have a big parsh camera because I pretended to be a press photographer. And there I am in the front line, pushing the button, and he's looking at me. And he I remember he looked at me and say, if you want to take the fucking shot, you need to take it now. And I, I was pressed shot on the on the um, the camera type thing. And it just didn't work. And he was looking at me as if to say, you're such a red dot. And I remember, I remember thinking to myself, well, you know, whatever. I got the press pass, I got the I got in for free, whatever. So that's my embarrassment And people were sharing things among you tonight. But mine was like, Well, your fucking camera shutter didn't even fucking click. Fuck, it? <laughs> there you go. There you go, these things happen. And by the way, the next night, you know, uh, well, not the next night, but during that night, I woke up my girlfriend at about three, four o'clock in the morning in one of the Julian Jordan- <laughs> Leon Hotel in Dublin, whatever. And I said to her, um, Princess dead. That sort of thing had just happened. Do you know what I mean? That time of year. So there you go, ladies. There you go, ladies at hearts. Thank you for what you did. I shall let you go. thank you stuff. for
2: thank listening you to us. And yeah, thank you, everyone. This was so much fun. So much fun.
0: So, so appreciate people, you.
2: And we
3: appreciate you. And there's more sessions tomorrow, Angela. Or no, yeah. we
0: have one more session tonight, and, and then again, that's it. And then that's it. But of course, people can continue to hang out in Discord. Yeah. Um, and uh, feel free to do that and keep your eyes on uh, the YouTubeconference.com website for future events. I am sure you'll be hearing from us soon. Um, one more time, everyone. Uh, round of applause please for Garden Tart Hillary and Garden Tart Jenny. Thank you. Thank you,
2: thank you all for being here. And, um, come find us online. Here. Reach Hi. out to us because we are yes, very very personal yeah very personal find us on
3: social media the underscore garden tarts everywhere we love to chat
4: thank you guys i'm going to check out the vlog uh, blog or the uh podcast definitely. yeah please
2: do thank you thanks so much bye, yeah. bye everyone bye, bye.
1: hi everyone
2: you. bye, bye Tamara.
1: bye chris guys. bye
2: Avril.
3: bye, bye miles the pandemic as well. So check out one.org and red.org and see how you can help. Ha-